I want to speak to all of us. I want you young people to hear me, though. All across our world, there is a, there is a major uh, cry for us to be successful. Success, success, success. We hear it pounded in us every day. From the time we're born, our whole society sets us on a track to learn, to get an education, to be a success, and I'm all for that. One thing's for certain, I will tell you this, if we are a success, it will not happen by accident. It'll happen because we do that on purpose. I believe the world's idea and success, however, and God's idea of success is an entirely, perhaps two entirely different things. To our world, they measure success in material things, our possessions, our positions, or power. I want to tell you, God measures success in a heart. Because out of the heart issues, everything that's important, not only to this life, but eternity. I, I've listed three things that I think is extremely important for every believer to know. And young people, please hear this. God did not create you to fail. Secondly, you and God are a majority. And thirdly, today is always the day to do the right thing. I don't care how many times you failed. I don't care how many times you may have spent serving Satan. I don't care what's happened to your life. Today is the right day to do the right thing. And so I've written down some points I want you young people to take notes on, if you will, because it's so important that you follow the will of God in your life. I believe God created you, and I believe God has the right to first choice about what happens in your life. Say amen, parents. Amen. Number one, I think, Proverbs 28, 19 says that where there is no vision, the people perish. The New King James Version says where there's no revelation, restraint is cast off. It's, it's talking about being sure that, that you have a purpose in life. And I want to tell you, one of the problems we have in our world today is there are people who no longer have any reason or purpose to live, no direction in their lives. God has a plan for every life in this room. And I want to tell you, I think you ought to find it. And I think when you do, God will give you reason and purpose for living. Don't worry about failure. Don't worry about failure. Just keep on trying. The pole vaulter never knows how far or how he can jump till he fails. The good, the good question is this. If I knew I couldn't fail, what would I do? And if you knew God was your partner, young people, what could you possibly do? Imagine that. Number two is not only have a vision or a dream, but have a spirit of dedication. I want every mom and dad and young person to hear Luke 9, 62. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I, I, want, you to, I want you to hear this this morning. I used to look at that scripture and think, once you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're no longer fit. I, I used to think that means that you were no longer no longer good enough that you couldn't possibly measure up. But it's t entirely different than that. I want to share you that, that Greek word 
that Paul used. It's eutethos. It means well-placed. It means well-positioned. It doesn't mean unfit. It doesn't mean unworthy. Once you put your hand to the plow, it says, be sure that you look forward, listen to the right voice, take the right directions, walk in the right way, because you and God are a majority, and you can always accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. It means don't look back. I think we ought to go in life as if our life depends on it, because it does, but thank God when you partner with God, you and God are a majority. Amen. Number three, have a passion for excellence. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatsoever you do it, do it to the glory of God. The difference many, many times between the amateur and the professional is 5% more effort. Romans eleven thirteen, Paul said, I magnify my office. The New King James says, I magnify my ministry. Paul took honor and he took decency and he took pride, conscientiousness in his task for God. Young people, don't do anything halfway. Don't halfway make up your bed. Don't halfway carry out the trash. Don't just get by. Make sure it's done with excellence. Come on, parents, help me here. Excellence. We need a revival in doing things in a very neat, clean, finished, excellent way. Practice if you have to. Make your room clean. Keep your clothes hung up. When you take a shower or a bath, put them in the dirty clothes hamper. Your mom's not your slave. Amen. Take care of your bedroom. Don't walk in and look like some hurricane's been there. Boy, that's preaching now, isn't it? I mean, we just, we, we, today it's like we just want to get by with the least amount of something that we possibly can. I don't want to go to the trouble. Listen, take care of your bedroom. Take care of the dishes. Take care of the house. Take care of the yard and the driveway. Take care of the car. Be responsible for your actions. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have to grow up. But grow up with a good spirit of excellence. My dad owned a body shop for years, and there was five of us working in there while I was in college and, and all through high school. And that we were working, and we'd finally get the tools scattered all over that shop with five of us and everybody using the same whole tools of all the body tools and the jacks and the dollies and the hammers and the files and the grinders and all that. My dad would say, stop. <laughs> we would go through that shop in about 20 minutes and put everything back in its place so we could find something. I learned something from there. I decided I wanted a place for everything, and I wanted it in its place. Listen, you can get a lot more done if you'll shoot for excellence. If you'll aim for excellence, you can get more done. Do I feel conviction in this place? Okay, so I started meddling. A passion for excellence. Number four, have a healthy self-appreciation. Let me, let me share with you something important. 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3. It said, do you not know that you are the temple of God 
and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Have a healthy self-appreciation. Self-will, that means discipline, and self-control, ladies and gentlemen, are important. Amen? Self-motivation is essential. Self-appreciation is essential. There is a message that's out of balance today in our world that says you need to love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. But that can be a dangerous doctrine. Yes, I think we should love what God has created in us because we're one of a kind. God loves me. That's all I need to know. God has a plan for me. That's all I need to follow. God has a future for me. That's all I need to accomplish. I want to share with you, young people, you are one of a kind. You are a designer's model. There's never been one like you. There never will be one like you in the history. I used to listen to great preachers and say, Lord, can I preach like that? Please make me a preacher like that. And I learned that if I, all I can be is me. I can't be those guys. But I've also learned if I don't do what God called me to do the way he called me to do it, he will never have what he wanted when he created me. And my greatest delight is to do what the Lord wants me to do. Jesus told Peter, he said, cast your nets. Simply he was saying, that which you have. Jesus did not ask Peter to use something that he didn't have. Later, Peter could say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give that to you. What you are and what you become is important to God. Represent God well because hypocrisy rules this late hour. Number five, have a positive mental attitude. Philippians 4 and 4 says, Rejoice always. Verses 6 and 8 said, Whatever things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and what are of good respect, think on these things. Listen, everybody can gravitate to what's negative. You will have to take what's positive on purpose. Young people, attitude is everything. Let your life be characterized by an attitude of trust in God. Some say, well, oh, I doubt if that'll happen. Oh, I doubt that. I just, it won't work. What's the use? I've tried. and all. Listen, you can find negativity all over this world. But I want to tell you, the negative person is always the person. And the people that say that, well, it won't work. Well, what about this? I doubt that. I doubt that. That person who says that is headed for sorrow. They are. Don't let your life be characterized by criticism. Don't be known as a person that constantly criticizes everybody. Don't be known by that. Young people, if your friends are always finding fault with everybody and everything all the time and putting some people down all the time, I'm going to suggest you change friends. Because we don't need to be criticized. We need to be built up. Think on things that are positive. Think on things that are just and pure. What about something like this? We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. What about I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? That kind of attitude will make a winner out of every person. I wish I had an hour to preach this. It would be a lot better. Number six. Have a spirit of enthusiasm. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, Paul said, My speech and my preaching were not enticing words, 
persuasive words of human wisdom, but they were in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you that Paul was an anointed man of God. Paul was probably, other than Christ, probably the greatest apostle. At least we know he wrote the epistles in the New Testament. But I can tell you this, Paul wasn't a drag. Paul was exciting, and Paul was excited. Enthusiasm is the power that can drive you through a storm, and it can give you the strength that God puts in you because when God comes upon you, you need to show the enthusiasm. And let me tell you something. Enthusiasm is contagious. Listen, the difference between those who succeed and those who fail and quit, quit. For those who succeed, tried one more time. Used to hear my dad say, son, get up one more time, then they knock you down and you'll win it every time. Isn't that the truth? Lastly, God wants us to make much of every, wants to make much of every one of us. I want to say again, young people, find God's will. It's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. Because in God's will, he'll tell you the right school to go to. He'll tell you the right job to pursue. He'll tell you the right mate to find. He will put you in the right circles. He will order your steps even in the middle of your life. If you seek God's will and get in the middle of God's will, everything balances there. If you're not in the will of God, life does not go right. It doesn't go right. So for 2019, I'm going to just tell you three things and I'm through. Be good because Jesus was good for you. Secondly, be dedicated to Christ. He was dedicated to you. Thirdly, succeed for Jesus, the kingdom, because he certainly succeeded for you. How many of you know there's at least an hour's message in all that? And you got it in 10 minutes, didn't you? And you're going to remember every word of it, aren't you? If you don't remember anything else I've said, young people, I went to my 50th year graduation, and you know, everybody looks older than you do at a, at a I don't mean graduation, re reunion. Everybody looks older than you do. I just had to be the youngest looking guy there. I just had to be. But I wondered about all their lives. I met them, I loved them as kids and teenagers. They have a place in my life. I told them I loved them, the, the, the experiences I had with them. And I actually apologized to them for being. For being. Do you know what I mean by that? How many of you did some dumb things at 15 and 18 and 20? We need salvation in this house. We need salvation in this house. I said, I want to apologize because during my years of teens, I made some of the dumbest mistakes I've ever made in my life. And one girl said, yes! <laughs> and I went, do you mean that for both of us or do you just mean that for me? Anyway, I looked at their lives and I wondered, Lord, what have they all been through? I don't know how successful financially, materially they are. I don't know how successfully spiritually they are. 
But I began to look back and I was thinking, Lord, I thank you that I have not been a prodigal. I, Lord, what kept me all the time? What kept me? Lord, why? What's helped me through my whole life? I thank God because of my background, I've never been on drugs. I've never been involved with liquor. I've never been a homeless person. I've never had the trials and the hardships that many, many people have. If you say, well, pastor, then you don't know how real life is. I, I beg to differ. This is my 42nd year in ministry, and I deal with prodigals every day. But what I'm saying is, I was taught young people from the time I was a child to the time I left, started my life as an adult, I was taught the number one priority in my life is to get in the will of God. Be in the will of God. In the will of God. You want to know where life is? Get in the will of God. Parents, grandparents, say amen. Find the will of God for your life. Because that is what God has planned for you. And you won't know those sorrows. Oh yes, there's an enemy and he's aimed and shot at and hit me many times. But God and I are a majority. And I thank God that he's kept me all these years. How many of you are glad for the keeping power of the Lord? Bless his name.